right. Hello. We are here with the Happy Jacks RPG podcast at GameX 2018. Uh, I am Kimmy, and I am playing the role of Stu this evening. <laughs> I've been studying for a long time, so I'm very excited to finally get my time in the spotlight. And who are my fellow uh, hosts this evening? Uh, this is Jeb. <laughs> I'm Jason. This is Tappy. And I'm Adam. And this is our live studio audience. Awesome. So we've there had are thousands amazing of people here. So right, the, the yeah. majestic yeah, like roar. I mean, yeah. Take it easy, guys. We'll yeah. get everybody. Yeah. Don't don't push. Don't push forward. We're gonna make room for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we're having an amazing con, and it's been amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Tappy. It's so nice to have the real, like, original amazing back. By the yeah, way, right. super nice. So, so many posers out there trying to be amazing. It's That's just, me. Oh, no. Like I, I try and do it all the time, like, I, but I can't do it. Um, and we've had some uh, amazing games run and amazing games played, and we're really excited to talk about all of those today. Uh, and so why don't we start, uh, for the, if you've never listened to one of the podcasts from the conventions, what we do is we go through all the games that have been run by the Happy Jacks contingent and friends. Um, we basically break down the, the plots of them, have players, if they're here, talk about their experiences, things they like, things they didn't like. Um, so it's like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's a great great time. So we're going to start doing that in just a second. And first we have, you ended up just in time. You walked in right in time. So we have the amazing Eric who runs this amazing convention and he's going to say a few words to us. A few words, that's not good. Um, Well, thank you all very much for coming out for GameX uh, 2018. So thank you there. Been a long day today, just odd stuff happening today. Uh, but another, probably a record game X, we're around 1,900 people at this point, so we'll break 2,000, uh, which most likely will end up being the largest May show we've ever run, uh, game X. So we just want to thank everyone for coming out. Hope everyone's having a good time. Yep. Good. Yes. Yeah. So I've got too much to get done tonight. So anyway, I'll catch you later. Bye. Awesome. Thank you for putting on an amazing show for us to come play games and get drunk at. We appreciate it. (laughs) All right, so let's see. (laughs) Let's see who ran games on Friday. All right. It's the Mook. Hi, Mook. It's nice to see you in person instead of just over the computer for the dark net. So tell us what you ran and what it was about. Uh, I ran, uh, uh, what was the name of the game? Mine eyes have seen the glory, yes. Uh, it was an Old West game. Uh, GURPS 4th, surprisingly enough. Yes. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little hard to talk about the game without spoiling, so I know. So there you go. Plug them ears if you're going to play. Uh, but the, uh, it's an Old West game that starts with them as a posse in search of some villains. At some point or another, they may or may not discover that they're actually robots working in the uh, Westworld Park as hosts. And from there, uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, the four people that played seem to have a good time. Uh, it certainly set my convention starting off in the right direction. Uh, I had a blast. So, yeah, it was great. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Yay! And who else ran Friday evening games? All right. What's your name, and what makes you famous? I'm uh, Christopher Gray. I'm not really that famous. <laughs> I, am an, I am in my mind. 
so Friday night, I ran Call of Cthulhu 7th Woo! Edition, signed by Sandy. And uh, it was uh, 1936 Hollywood. It was called Call of Hollywoodland. <laughs> and the setup was that the uh, director was trying to compete with Universal Studios for making the best monster pictures. <laughs> and uh, so he actually got himself a real monster. And, uh, and then, you know, everybody working on the movie had to, had to deal with the hilarity that ensued. <laughs> and it was a total party kill, except for one guy. Oh. oh. So wait, somebody lived that's through Call of Cthulhu? amazing. joined the cult. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's so fine. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. That's, that's the only way to survive Call of Cthulhu. All right. <laughs> Did anybody play in that game this year? Oh, come talk about it, Michael. Do the thing. I think I heard a lot of people talking about that game today, actually, and they were like, I couldn't sleep last night after playing in that game. So, oh, that's well a, done. That's a good game. Yeah, that's, that's a good a Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu game. Cthulhu there. Yes. I like to I like to uh, show people on the doll where the game touched me last night. <laughs> actually, yeah. All right. So uh, it was a great game. Had a fantastic time. I think probably five minutes into it, everyone started talking. About, oh, come on, you crazy mooks! That guy's built like a gorilla. <laughs> what do we gotta do here? I'm going back to Universal and do westerns. So it was. I think it ended up. Most of it started to turn south. Go figure, Cthulhu game. When we all started, I think I rolled a 99 trying to shoot a gun. I shot him, shot the monster, the cultist, with a prop gun instead. And then there was like, okay, we're badly mangled, bruised. We're limping away. Oh, here comes the cavalry. They're going to hit the main cultist with a the car. They missed the cultist. Oh, crap, they're coming right towards me. <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah, everyone either went insane or died figure, Cthulhu, except for the producer, who, of course, decided to join the other team when given an, uh, given opportunity to, uh, well, he was given an offer he couldn't refuse. So uh, it didn't matter. I think I had more fun dying in that game than I've had living in other ones. Great job. Yeah. Nice. I, I, for one, welcome our Cthulhu overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was not in that game. I was, however, at the next table. Uh, no, no, I just wanted to say it sounded like they were having a spectacular time. And, and everything I was hearing was sounding really great. So it sounded like a great job, guys. Awesome. Yeah. The thing is, I work in the entertainment industry. I'm not surprised at all that the producer betrayed you <laughs> and <laughs> lived. That realistic game element, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, didn't you run a game on Friday night? I, I did uh, I did run a game Friday night. It was uh, a game of my own design called Demigods. It, um, Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's surprising because I talk about it nonstop. <laughs> uh, so... Anyway, um, it was a scenario where the players had to um, form a band, a rock band, uh, sort of, and um, make their way through the, uh, you know, fighting off the apocalypse via rock and roll. This is the primary uh, motivation there. Absolutely. So uh, how did it go? Uh, Well, I had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, was was anyone in the Friday night? You were in the Friday night game. Yeah. Come talk uh, about it. Tomes. Fucking metal. Tomes. Come talk, Tomes. Hi, Tell us what you thought you? of it, because I, I like Nothing demigods, and I need to know what everybody else thinks of it. <clears throat> uh, hey, so uh, I was in the 2 p.m. game, like the Friday afternoon game. Um, I, I want to give, like, super props, because uh, we had six players on that table, 
and it was like bonkers all over the place. I don't know how Jason managed to kind of wrangle it and make it work. Uh, I was not envious of your position, honestly, because we, you know, we had enough people with different mentalities. Maybe that's a nice way of putting it. Like we just all, all had a different approach, and uh, it's still sung, and it was Gonzo weird, and uh, we had a good time. So that was that was amazing. Um, yeah. What was your character? Uh, I played uh, the warrior, and so uh, she was a uh, worshiper of some old Babylonian forgotten god. Um, that was the god of dance. So I was like the backup dancer. Nice. And percussions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, was this your first time playing the system? Uh, yes. First time playing the system. And, uh, and that's the, the main reason why I you know, uh, signed up for it. I obviously love coming here and playing different things. And so, uh, yeah, it, was, it did the thing, did the trick. Um, no, I totally enjoyed it. Uh, you can tell that the, the playbooks have gotten a little bit of play because they seem like they are hitting the right marks. Um, there's a really good variety of characters. Uh, again, GM sh- like shined and was able to make it work, and there was like some very weird coincidences going on as the story developed that made us all kind of uncomfortable and like, oh, maybe there's something supernatural going on here. Um, but uh, my, my only thing would be like, PBTA, I prefer like a slightly smaller table. I think six is like hard to pull off. And again, that's why I think it was amazing. Cause it like, was a big table. It was a big table. But uh, yeah, no, it was cool. Yep. Awesome. Uh, what were your, some of your takeaways from it, Jason? Because uh, this is one of your first times playing your game out in the wild when it's not like like people you know. Yeah, I got to play it a little bit in February at OrcCon, mm-hmm. um, but it's changed a bunch since then even. And it, now it's, I would call it sort of 90% done. And it's exciting to see it hold up to, like I consider this stress testing at this point. <laughs> and that first game, Friday afternoon, six people who all were, were like excited personalities and ready to go and, and do fun stuff. And that like buck wild game was super fun for me because it got to like none of the problems that we encountered were because of the playbooks or the mechanics or the whatever it was that they were like there was a little bit of conflict happening there was it was all story stuff which is just i'll eat that up all day like that's that's my favorite so the the fact that none of the i mean problems is the wrong word but none of the that was based on some I, I felt like the playbooks were doing what they were supposed to do, and uh, that's that's all I can hope for. Yeah, absolutely, very good, awesome. Any more Friday night games? Did anybody play anything they want to share about? Oh, did you run another game on Friday night? I did. Oh, talk about it. Uh, so I ran uh, Ten Candles again. Uh, what was in that game? Um, and I actually ended up running it again today because so Jim Sandoval, you know uh, our. Henerolissimo um, was supposed to be in that game, but um, due to snafus, him and his wife couldn't make it to that game, right? Uh, so I kind of finagled some stuff, so we ended up playing again today. So I first of off, like, I mean, we had, a, I think, a pretty good, interesting story for Friday night. I do want to apologize to the players because, like, part of the problem with a dark game, I think I do a really good job writing, like, cheat sheets, so I'm, like, kept on track, especially for complicated games. 
Uh, but when you're playing a game in the dark, sometimes it's hard to like see some of that stuff. And at a certain point, I got overconfident and I was like, well, I've run this a couple times. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, like halfway through the game, I'm like, yeah, the way these scene transitions work seems a little bit different than I'm used to. And then at the end of the game, I realized like I kind of spaced out and forgot one of like the main mechanics that we should be using in the game. So it was still fun, but I felt like it didn't quite hit the mark like where I wanted it to, to go and how I wanted it to sing. So in Ten Candles we have, there's obviously the candles and that signifies the scenes ending and all that kind of stuff and there's the dice mechanics. All that was spot on, but uh, one of the things that you're supposed to do in between scenes is uh, establish truths, right? And when you establish truths, you know, we all take turns saying what is true in this world and taking ownership of the story, and it guides you from one scene to the next. So you're finishing a scene, people are telling you what's happening next, all the players, right, and the GM, and suddenly you're in the next scene, right? And I kind of was like, huh, why am I feeling like I'm telling them what the next scene is? And then I realized, yeah, I totally forgot about that because it had been a couple months since the last time. (laughs) But uh, I didn't forget it for the 2 p.m. game today, and I felt like that... Like, you can see how it works smoother when you get the mechanics right, which I guess is, makes sense. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, and, uh, hey, Kimmy. Kimmy. Yes. I played a game on Friday night. Oh, did you? I played a game, yeah. Um, I was in a game of uh, Ruma, which Ooh. is uh, powered by the Apocalypse uh, world. Uh, it's um, a sword and sorcery kind of uh, Roman Empire nice. thing. Uh, I actually got to play with Jason uh, for the first time Ooh. in a long time, Jason and I, as players both, what? instead of one of us GMing, which is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. And Abria came down and joined us. So <gasps> I know. Yeah. I'm so sad yeah, that I missed I, her. I know. It was kind of amazing. So, yeah, Jason texted me about 6 p.m. I wasn't going to come yesterday, and Jason texted me at 6 p.m. I'm in Glendale, and he's like, there's an opening in this Apocalypse World game. I'm like... But I don't want to like deal with LA traffic on Friday night. <laughs> but you got to move it, move it. Uh, yes, I did. So um, yeah, so so yeah, so I drove down here like a crazy person and uh, I met up with Abri and Jason. And we played this game. Awesome. So, Do you well, know who so. who ran it? Um, it was the author. Uh, ran nice. It. I forget. Yeah, I'm blanking forget. on his name right now. Yeah. Uh, the author of Ruma got to run the game. He did a great job. He even yeah. said, like, oh, I'm not as good a GM as I am a designer. Like, he did a great job. Yeah. It was absolutely. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Tell we had five people at the table. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. So, yeah. Well, tell me about your characters. Uh, my character, um, <laughs> My character was the playbook, The Deconus, uh, which, um, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> what? Nothing. Deconus. Uh, Deconus. <laughs> T. Um, single fine. entendre theater. Um, so, <laughs> uh, no, so, so I was debating between the Deconus uh, playbook and the Equus playbook, and the Equus uh, has a pony. It's basically a mounted warrior. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome, but I also like this other one. And Jason's like, well, what does that one do? And I'm like, well, he has like eight guys that he like runs around with and commands. And Jason's like, why are you even talking about anything else? So the dick on us has I, a bunch of guys. I was very around. upset with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jason made me turn down a pony in, in favor of like eight incredibly hot soldiers. Um, yeah. Because they, they were my characters, so of course they're really hot. Um, how many abs did they have, Adam? Uh, what's eight times? 64. Yeah. yeah. Six, yeah that's 64 by yeah. Attracts, yeah. Nice. Well, and then there's, plus there was me, so it's actually like 72. <laughs> yeah, 72 abs total. Excellent. Uh, Correct. Okay. Yeah, 72 abs in one character sheet. That is a new record for me. So, yeah. yeah. 
bit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your character? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I uh, I got to play a character who was. Oh. Mart- Martin Greening, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. He's the Thanks. author of the He's system. He's the author and, and ran the game. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, he did a great job. Uh, I got to play a character who was on the surface a doctor, uh, and I was able to do some, some healing moves, which was cool. But she also had some abilities that were... Um, a little bit assassiny and like disappearing and reappearing. Yeah, I got to. Well, I got to take a move from another playbook, so I took this stealth move. And then on the doctor playbook, there was actually like a like when you attack someone, you attack with your intelligence instead of your other thing because you know right where to stab someone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. So my doctor's actually an assassin who <laughs> just poses as a doctor. Like, oh yeah, I'm just a doctor. Don't worry, Jim. Oh, that, um, that's so cool because if you, if you fuck it up, you can finish the job later. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Now, you said you got to take a move from another playbook. Is it because you got uh, you, enough XP points to go up or did, you, or did they start the game with letting you pick another move? Oh, another yeah. Playbook? It was just he was running it kind of flexy and, and okay. you know, let us pick and choose and stuff because nobody had picked the, the thief character. And I was thinking like, oh, I was making noise about like how cool these two playbooks were and I couldn't decide. He was like, well, if you want to mix and match, whatever. And I think he regretted that decision, but <laughs> I had a great time. So, uh, thanks, Matt. <laughs> that's awesome. Martin. Martin, Martin is yes. what I said. What'd you hear? <laughs> um, I think that's, that's kind of a cool thing when you're starting a game in PBTA to let it say, okay, everybody, you get to take one uh, advance or something maybe at the beginning. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Ruma, it's a published book. You can go find it online. It's, I highly recommend it. It was, it was a load of fun. Do the thing. All right. Awesome. So is that Friday? Everybody, Friday? Friday? Anybody else from Friday? No? Saturday. Saturday morning. Who in games? Who played in games? You ran a game? Oh, you were in more games or you ran a game? Okay. Come talk about it. Also, please, when you come back up to the mic, say your name again so that people know who's talking. We need the help identifying. Ready, go. Uh, Chris Gray, again. Um, I, <laughs> why are you looking at me? I like how every time you introduce yourself, you use like your whole name. This is Christopher Gray. <laughs> you might remember me from such games as Call of Cthulhu, 7th edition. <laughs> I, um, I, I had a crazy idea for a game. I wanted to do the great American novel, a role-playing game, by Christopher Gray. And I, to my interest, and I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is here is sort of this: we always want to apply literary structure to our role-playing games, but how do we do that when we have goddamn players all the time? <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, I came up. It's really more fate than powered by the apocalypse, but I came up with this framework uh, that that attempts this, and the idea is that you. You divide the, uh, the session into chapters, and uh, you can make chapter moves to advance the story. And, um, and then you have a lot of like, fate-like aspects that you can tap to, to control the story and gain narrative control. And uh, it was an experiment, and, and I, I had a lot of fun. We ended up playing, because part of it is sort of this microscope-like uh, setting creation mechanic. And so we ended up playing uh, New Orleans in 1930, some, about actually 1936, the same year as the monster picture. There's like a, there's like a mythos going on here. 
But uh, yeah, we played in, in New Orleans in the 1930s, and we ended up dealing with very serious, heavy issues. I mean, new money coming in, the rails are being laid down, the port city's collapsing, we're in the Great Depression. We had this family that's sort of torn apart between old money and new money. And there was a lot of personal character drama, which was exactly what I was after. So um, I very much enjoyed it. It was really a lot of fun. And I'm going to explore the idea some more. Um, can I ask a question? Yeah. Hey. Um, so uh, I was wondering, have you looked at the Good Society, which is the Jane Austen role playing? I backed thing? the shit out of that. Yeah. I, at the I, moment I, it went up, I'm like, here's my money. Yeah. I'm going to buy the biggest thing you have. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were so uh, so. I think it was when Kimmy and I were on the podcast together, and and we were talking about how awesome that would be, and somebody was like, it's a thing, and so I backed it too, and I have it, and we're hoping to run a one shot of it on um, on Happy Jacks at some point. But yeah, I, uh, I think we're getting a, a PDF soon. So I'm I'm really looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, I think there, uh, for those who don't know, it's a Jane Austen role playing game. Uh, so it's meant to simulate emulate the the books of Jane Austen, and uh, and they they did a yeah they did yeah, there's yeah, costumes being costume. made yeah, yeah. Um, but they did uh, Kickstarter and then at the end of the Kickstarter they kind of said hey we learned a lot from playtesting that we want to like redo a lot of things and so so they went back to the drawing board on some things and, and it's still not out yet in the, the revised form but um, I think yeah. that's always a good sign you know when mm-hmm. somebody pulls back and says wait uh, let's give us some more time we yeah. want to do it right and that's good yeah because yeah. there, there's a lot of interesting stuff in it and I really did like the way it sort of emulates the novel idea and you know and for me like uh for me when i'm running or playing games i always think in terms of like uh cinematic or tv and film uh descriptions and tropes and so uh so that idea of doing a role-playing game but thinking of it in terms of uh of literature and prose as uh, as opposed to film and tv is a very fascinating idea to me one thing that happens is you have to get very meta about it Probably uh-huh. uncomfortably so. I yeah. mean, yeah, you dive, you end up dropping into the character, and there's definitely some role play happens, but more times than not, you're zooming out and you're you're looking at the whole novel and you're saying, okay, what's the story? What's the best thing? We have to negotiate this as players, as as, as collaborators, mm-hmm. and then we drop back into the story. So there was a lot of that. That happens with fate anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this happened more, way more. You know, it was way more up at, at the top than it was down in the character. I think. Yeah. And you mentioned microscope too. So did you use concepts from microscope to to make this happen? Well, well not on purpose. It's been a long time since I've read that game. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of that where you're going to use uh, a series of questions and procedures to create uh, uh, what environment we're going to... And a lot of it's just consensus. You know, uh, We happen to have three people that knew, Orle- knew New Orleans really well at the table. Oh, so, cool. well, let's just use that setting. You know? yeah. and, um, and I think that as long as everybody is is comfortable with the setting that can move forward but there were there were some procedures like we're going to have some tags and that's going to that's going to inform what this uh what the setting's going to be about we want these themes there's a whole section on themes we don't want mm-hmm. um themes that we'll fade out on things that we just want to omit and then there's uh things we we do want and then between all of that a picture starts forming yeah. and uh it, it actually worked out pretty well i think the setting setup probably took what do you think it was like an hour maybe Maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah, And, well, and then we went right into the game. Yeah. 
Well, and like for me, uh, doing a lot of PBTA, even in one shots, like I will, if I've got a four hour game and I'm doing a PBTA game, I will spend two hours building characters because that is some of the most fun you'll have at the table. And then, you know, and then two no hours doubt. to just play around a little bit. Uh, straight up character creation in PBTA is by far my favorite so two hours fun. of gameplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every single time. And, um, it, it, the other question I wanted to ask was, um, did you have people pick specific characters and sort of focus on them? Or was it sort of everybody's a GM? No, there were playbooks, defined playbooks that had their literary profiles. I mean, things mm-hmm. like the uh, the sacrificial innocent, or uh, the uh, I can't even remember them all. There's a bunch. The the loyal lieutenant, which was yours, and actually went through a bunch of uh, novels to find some of those archetypes. Oh, that's great. And uh, and then they all have their own quirks that that affect the game in certain ways. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm really sad that I didn't get to play in that. <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so other games on Saturday morning. Do the thing. Who are you? Uh, Tomes again. Uh, what was said? Oh, so we did games on demand again. Um, a little bit lighter showing because, you know, GameX. Um, I'm going to blame GameX. Uh, but we had a couple of games running uh, in the morning. There was, I'll first talk about the other games, not the ones I did, just real quick. There was a Dungeon World game. Cool. At 2 p.m., uh, Jim Pinto is one of the uh, guest, uh, guests of honor coming down from Seattle, and he does a whole bunch of GMless games. Um, so he swung by and uh, ran uh, one of his uh, Praxis games, Black Monk. It's a bizarre game. Like The stories that come out of that are re- really, really weird. Um, I did not play in it this time. I've played before. But uh, at 9 a.m., I won because I did not have to run a game. I got to play in a game. Yay. And, uh, yeah. So Chris um, Zerniak, Zerniak um, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it exactly, but he comes up from San Diego. He ran Misspent Youth. This is uh, Fuck the Police, the RPG. Uh, you get to play a bunch of punk rockers. I'm having diffi- difficulty describing how into this game I am. <laughs> Where is the newsletter, please? <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, you know, PBTA games, there are different names for the GM, right? The MC, the this, the that, whatever. In Misspent Youth, the GM is known as the authority, oh, right? Yeah. So that alone, oh. like that's that's the start, yeah. right? Oh my god! But um, oh, I love this game so much. <laughs> like any of, the, and it's not a PBTA game, honestly. It's it's there's elements that it's you you can see where there's influence there, but it's really not. There's it's quite a bit different mechanically, and the playbooks are not like archetypes. You kind of like build them. Um, so if I said PBTA, I pro, like I don't know if I did, but if I did, that's a slight mistake. But just like a PBTA game, you spend about a good hour like building this scenario or whatever. And you know, as it is, like I, if I have my own way, I don't do like historical fiction or modern. I do weirdo stuff. And so we played. Uh, you know, the kids in the Generation Starship, and you know, like authority is there because it's. You have limited resources, and this thing is going for hundreds of years, right? So that was kind of like the beginning of the premise. And then there's all these things you can choose, right? Is the authority corporate, or is it the state, or is it religion, or, you know? And we would look at these checkboxes of different choices, and we would go like, no, I've seen that movie, I've seen that movie, I've seen that... Wait, I don't know what this one is. We would choose, like, everything that didn't look like the generic story we've heard before, and we ended up having a blast. There was only two players. Um, and the GM, and uh, it was fucking fantastic. Uh, the, the game designer's name is Robert Bull. He's out of, like, the East Coast. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it was so good. I did not expect to enjoy it quite that much, but yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Uh, Jason's sister uh, came back from PAX a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, I brought home all these games that I thought the two of you might enjoy, and that was one of them. And uh, she was specifically looking for like edgy kind of alternative, you know, GM-less, dice-less, et cetera, and, like, weird stuff. So she brought me Hot Boys Making Out, which I'm so excited to play. Um, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and one of them was this game, and I'm like, that looks so cool. So, so uh, I do have access to a copy of it, as does Jason, so might have to make that happen. Soon. The dice mechanics is craps. That's what I'm going to say. Oh. So there's, like, a craps thing going on, and it's fucking fantastic. What? <laughs> There's a level of uh, kind of like you're playing, I mean, it's almost like you're playing craps. And like the tension that gets built up as you play is bizarre and great. Can you give us the title of the game one more time? So this is Misspent Youth. Oh, I thought it was Fuck the Poli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my, my, my short pitch of, name of the oh, game. Okay. But Misspent Youth is the official. Called, it's not called Fuck the Poli. Nah. Okay. Um, and Robert Bull is B-O-H-L. Uh, I was looking up Bull. Yeah, oh I, yeah, I am, thank you. I am buying this right now. <laughs> if you go through the book, it looks like a zine. Like it, it has a very yeah. punk rock aesthetic, right? So like, oh my god, that's so rad. Um, <laughs> Holy fuck! Hawkeye's making out. Oh my god! So yeah. there, uh, my friend Lauren has written a hack for this in a little zine called the Codex, which has a bunch of RPGs uh-huh. called Hot Guys Making Out Sherlock Holmes Edition, and it's about <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and Watson. <laughs> And like all the tension between those two and then other characters. It's fantastic. Something, something, something newsletter. Yes. <laughs> all right, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Um, so that was the morning game and in the afternoon. Yeah. Later. Yeah, we're not wow. the afternoon uh, yet. Uh, and that was drool worthy news brought to you by Tomes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, other morning games for Saturday. Jason, didn't you run another game on Saturday morning? Uh, yes, I did. Would you like to talk about it? Yes, I would. Excellent. Please do um, so. I ran, uh, so really, I ran three r- rounds of Demigods this weekend. Uh, had the Friday night, had Saturday morning at 9 a.m. The 9 a.m. group was small but mighty. Uh, we had three people come, which was a big shift from the six people <laughs> of Friday afternoon, uh, which was actually kind of nice because I was a little traumatized. Um, <laughs> I mean, the six people were great, it was, but it was wet and wild, and <laughs> I just had to survive. Um, but the three people this morning, it was a little more low-key, but um, it kind of gave people a chance to sort of dig into their character a little bit more, be a little bit more introspective, think about where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had basically a folk rock band um, yeah! form, form oh. up. And, um, so like the Folksmen? Uh, I don't know who that is, so oh, sure. Oh, you haven't man. seen The Mighty Wind? Sorry. Oh. Uh, Tappy and I are dying inside. Okay, well, look, we can go watch that later. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, so that, yeah, that was really fun. My, my Saturday morning game with them, uh, we had a lot of fun. It was, um, it was like a couple and then this other guy. So it was just the three people, and they really dug into their characters and had a good time. I, I had fun running demigods for them. I think they had a good time. I, mostly I just pay attention to am I having fun because I'm mostly involved with myself. That's, right. that's what I care about the most. No, so you ran the same scenario in the same system but for different people? Well, scenario is a very generous term. <laughs> um, 
in that when I say, okay, guys, what kind of band do you have? Then I have to develop like what what the crux of the problem their band has to face. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. What was the crux of the problem for the folk rock band? Uh, the folk rock band was up against an imp who was trying to build... Uh, he had... Uh, created a servitor out of this person who who needed to like she opened up a bar and was bringing in bands and then they were all going to become very popular bands but they were all also being sacrificed to the imps power um so that wasn't great um i uh, i thought you were going to say mumford and sons <laughs> basically yeah uh tomes what was it you guys were up against friday afternoon oh the yodlers yeah um what? Friday night I, I should have said this the yodlers uh Swiss yodlers had invaded the US music scene and were distributing a drug that when taken linked people telepathically and it made them like yodeling and oh my God. very quickly yodeling would have taken over the music scene as the most popular music format oh my- and, oh my god, I've been doped with this drug. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken attack. And yodeling is the best. How do I stop this? Uh, and they had to take their friend, who was a former yodeling cultist. Uh, he, he was their lead on how to, but fortunately he was now firmly wearing his tinfoil hat to block the yodeling telepathic <laughs> signal. And um, they were able to stop the uh, Hans... Frozenbach, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, the lead yodeler, this seventy-year-old weightlifter, uh, who uh, was was a, just a brutal. Oh, I, I hope that's about what I was saying. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, so that's an example of Friday night going. Can I cuss? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking off the rails. <laughs> That were, there weren't even rails to start with. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> Goodbye, everything I know about telling a story. Um, let's fight the yodlers. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Uh, this morning was a little more sedate in yeah. that we, we got to battle this imp who had made a deal and was going to like everybody who plays music on the stage was going to get a little bit of their soul sucked out. Uh, but you can't do that to demigods because they know what's going on and they kick the crap out of that stupid imp. Excellent. Um, can I ask what were the band names so far? Because if you think it's not going to come up in your Friday, oh, Saturday night that's game. That's such a good question. Tomes, do you remember what the band name was? We're... Oh, yeah, the demigods. Yeah, yeah. They named themselves the demigods. Yeah, hashtag and the demigods. One of the characters' name was hashtag. Uh, uh, nice. Uh, and I'm going to really struggle on the Saturday morning band name. It was good. It was a, like a good folk band name. And I'm blanking. The Folksman. That's what it was, the Folksman now. Was it Witches in Nature's Color? I, Wink? I don't think so. No. Okay. That's pretty specific. It's probably not that. <laughs> You're going to have to watch Mighty Wind with Tappy and I. Yeah, yeah. We will get drunk. It'll be uh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. That's fine. If you don't, I will yodel at you. That we don't want to have happen. Please don't do that. Please. Also, uh, how dare you exclude me from the watching Mighty Wind? Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll inflict okay. it on you too. And we're going to sing the whole fucking time. Like yeah, it's a yeah. thing. Yes, we will. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Um, I also ran a game on Saturday morning. 
Yes, I'm very Tell proud of myself. Tell us about it, Kimmy. I actually ran two games this con. It's amazing. I doubled my number of games that I ran and did stuff. I'm not sure if that was a great idea, but it worked out well. Um, so this morning... Kim- Kimmy? Yeah. Uh, double zero, still zero. I usually run one. Oh, I double yeah. it to two. I can add to double. Yeah. All right. So I usually... Uh, you've been in the desert for seven years. Fuck you. You don't know what, you don't know what happens. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Running Water and that I run games. <laughs> All right. So I ran Wild Towns this morning, which should surprise absolutely nobody because this is what I generally run. Um, this morning, uh, I did an interesting thing. I think I've been playing a lot of PBTA lately. So I left a lot of my character sheets blank. So I filled in a lot of the stats and things like that because there is a lot of math involved in making characters in Wild Talents. So you have to do... It's, it's a point-by system. So to make the powers and things like that, that's... There's a lot of math, so people can't really do that at the table at a con. But I generally leave now all the, the actual character pieces pretty much blank. So the characters, the people had to sit down. It was a lot to ask at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning, I realize. <laughs> come up with your characters. So they basically had their basic power sets, and then they had to like come up with characters around that. Um, they were called the Conglomerate, which is 100% ripped off from a run of DC Comics <laughs> with Booster Gold and Maxwell Lord. But um, basically they are a corporate-sponsored hero team. So they had to balance out. And some of them were liked it more than others, like being in front of the camera, selling that itch cream ointment, yes, um, you know, while saving the world, as long as they're not upsetting their sponsors. Um, yeah, do people want to talk about it? No, well, sitting in the front? <laughs> I see two players. If they're shy, that's okay. Hi, who are you and what makes you famous? Uh, this is Will. I'm not really famous. <laughs> uh, so I played Nautilus in Kimmy's game. I was basically the Aquaman guy, and I was super into being a celebrity superhero <laughs> yeah uh you know I, my arch nemesis aquanator had like tried to sue me because he wanted to use the name nautilus but i had the trademark uh and it was great it was hard didn't have that in trademark yeah it was fun to uh like really kind of embrace that and then make up the characters as we go yeah. so, they did a good job with it um and wait don't leave jim 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 okay We'll get back to you. Um, yeah, it was, and it was fun seeing what they came up with. I made them come up with an arch nemesis. I basically made up my own PBTA questions um, and had them, them fill it out, and it went well. As curious, did you have, so you said you did the point by stuff for them. Did you have power sets built and they just kind of filled in the character stuff, or did they, were they allowed to pick their powers as well as their character? The powers were already picked. They were sitting out on the table. This is the first time also I've run a con game where I let the people sitting at the table actually pick their characters. Oh. Usually what I do is I have folders that have like a symbol on top and they get to, it's kind of like luck of the draw. You're like, oh, I like the symbol. I'll sit here and then you get your character that way. I find it. It, it I, this is totally like the the teacher in me who's like okay we're gonna keep everything super calm at the beginning like there's not that anxiety or that stress about people picking the right character if all they have to do is pick a folder and they don't really know what's in it mm-hmm. and it it tends to cut down on the like player versus player kind of feeling sometimes when you sit at a con game and you're like oh I really wanted that playbook but that guy grabbed it already because you want them to start yeah. as a team um, so this is the first time I haven't done that because I did want to give them some agency with flipping through and saying oh I like these powers oh, oh you like those powers I don't know if I'm going to do that again because yeah. it started off a little like oh I, oh, I, I, I kind of wanted that one they were, they, yeah. yeah it was fine I mean I would totally even like that too when I'm sitting down to play a game yeah. so 
Wait, do you not hand out shivs at the table? <laughs> I left them at home today. Well, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. So uh, one of the things... Uh, so, uh, so for those who don't know, this is my first real gaming con. So, um, so thanks, thanks. Um, We're Adam's first. Uh, so, uh, so, but like I've done a lot of like little, uh, little like one shot. Like everybody show up to this game store and pick a game and things like that. And uh, and you know, and I've I've done uh, you know like at PAX, I've done uh, like just go and sit down and do a D and D game or whatever, the Dungeon Delves or whatever. So anyway, one of the things that's always put me off about con games is is being handed a fully filled out character sheet. And to me, it was always like a really irritating, frustrating thing. I'm like, but, but like this character isn't what I want to play. Look at this illustration. They're not hot. How can I play this? You know, like, they have understand. only six abs. How can I play like, someone what? with six abs? Uh, they're so out of shape. <laughs> like who will have sex with them if they only have six abs? Uh, <laughs> I have very particular tastes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but that's always been a weird thing to me about con games and the idea of them. And so, uh, so like, uh, you know, I, I really like only played PBTA games uh, while I was here because I know that's not going to happen generally. And um, but uh, but anyway, I, I'm just always curious about that with uh, with those of you who frequent cons, especially like, uh, you know, that idea of like you're handed a character and you have no say really in what that character is about you don't get any choices and you're expected to just create a personality and roll with it which to me is is just like oh that's taking away 90 percent of my fun and role playing but for a lot of people obviously it's not a thing that's a problem at all and lots of people really get a lot of enjoyment out of that so yeah i'm just curious how people feel about that issue. that's going to be a very interesting conversation for you and i to have on a, on the podcast <laughs> one night yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's so do it. Good. It's actually something that I've sort of that's sort of been developing in my GMing for a while because I started off with a full character, except I'd put gender neutral names mm-hmm. so that anybody could play any character. Um, so that was kind of like the first step there. And then I started not having names on them. And then I started like slowly not feeling out more and more of the actual character stuff. So this is the first time where I've done it where all the point by stif- stuff was done, but none of the backstory, none of how they got their powers, none of who they are. So they pretty much got to create everything other than the powers themselves. It worked well. Excellent. I'm glad it worked well. Did you want to talk more about it or are you done? You're shy and demure. All right. That's cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't believe you, but that's okay. All right. Assaulted is better than This playing. is Michael again. Michael, a.k.a. Benji, and I'm not the FNG. That's still Tim. Uh... This was really fun because it I got will to come always be Tim. It'll always, always be Tim. Absolutely. Forever. It was really fun because even at nine AM we all got to come up with some great characters. Uh Nautilus was freaking hysterical. Uh and I came up with this weird concept. I'm looking like at this almost Iron Man type character and I went, Hmm, so could you have to be like in Hero a good guy? No. Oh great, great. He's black ops from the Roman Catholic Church in in a mech outfit. And we'll just go from there. Yeah. Especially because Kim right, Kimmy right away played into, uh, I was saying every time my Irishman cussed in the suit, the suit would go ahead and say something else like, uh, Ve Victus. And then you hear like a little chime, one demerit. <laughs> and I may have to think like I'd have to report the demerits at the end of the day on Prayerware 2.0. So I, this is all just came up characterization just because we had a few things that were open. I had the basic skeleton structure. And I think everyone, some people, I, I know the, the young man there was having a little trouble with character concept, but everyone else just seemed to run with it. So it was great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and I think everybody at the table did a really great job. Um, you and I think some people sit down and kind of like me like know like oh, okay, this is a Happy Jacks game. I'm probably going to be responsible for a little bit more stuff. And then some people like sit down and, and it's harder. I know mm-hmm. I am the worst with naming characters. It takes me four fucking ever to name a character oh, ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, one of the things I was going to say is that like. For, you know, when I when I talk about being handed a fully fleshed out character sheet, that bugs me. But like if all of like if you have all the stats filled out and and all of the like non essential stuff is blank, then I am totally behind that because I can build everything around that. I don't care about the math. I don't care if my character is good at anything or not. Just Tappy looks horrified. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tappy. Sorry, Tappy. I don't care about the math. (laughs) Tappy, just remember these words. Just remember these words because they're your words. The character sheet's holding you back, man. Oh! <laughs> oh, no, I have shit about that. I'll talk about this because this is important. Okay. This is truth. Um, I did something uh, actually almost the opposite of that for the uh, one shot that I recently ran, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, uh, Monster of the Week. And what, I, what the game was, it's like the Scooby Squad, but they were the Scooby Squad because <laughs> um, they're all hipsters, like the Scooby that makes kombucha. Um, and what I did is all I did was I gave everybody a name and then a very short, like, title. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, Ajna Moonbeam, the health queen, <laughs> who had the crooked playbook. Because you make stuff up and whatever. Yeah. And then run with that. You can do whatever you want with it. Or there's the know-it-all. Um, and then we made our characters. But that little just nudge. Into, oh, and I also said make terrible people. That was, that was the other thing. Just make garbage humans. But that just little nudge at the beginning made character creation happen very quickly. Um, because people, especially if there's something that's it's evocative but not railroady, mm-hmm. um, allows people to very quickly get into that kind of steamrolling of uh, what the character is going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, and yes, math matters. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the character sheets do hold you back. <laughs> Ah, oh, Tappy. <laughs> all right. Uh, is that all the Saturday morning games? Saturday morning? Oh, yeah. Talk about a player. As a player, absolutely. Come on down. What's your name? What makes you famous? What game did you play? Uh, my name is Rob. I'm famous because I invented dice as a child. Um, uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, no problem. You're, you guys are welcome. Um... I played in uh, Chris's. Uh, what's that? Are you getting royalty checks for that? No, no, Damn. it's 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 OGL, so like I don't get any of that shit. Um, uh, I played in Chris's uh, uh, Great American Novel game. It was awesome. Highly recommend it. Uh, it was um, exactly what I needed at like nine a.m. in the morning because I didn't really want to like kill a bunch of stuff and I hadn't had a drink yet. Uh, so uh, yeah, so it was it was it was. Perfect for that. Um, we had a really great table, actually. And um, I really think, you know, Chris kind of mentioned that it is a PBTA game, but it's sort of like inspired by PBTA. It's not, it's, it's, it has a lot of extra mechanics in there from other things. And it really shined where the best PBTA games shine, which is uh, the playbooks. And so the playbooks were evocative enough that you knew what you were playing but they were uh you could fill in the blanks in interesting ways no matter what genre or time period you were playing so i think like we we you know we ended up with like a 1930s 
very realistic sort of fiction, uh, great American novel, New Orleans thing. And, but we could have played that in, in anything. And, and everybody being on the same page with like who these characters were in relation to each other was really supported by the mechanics. So it worked out really, really well. Nice. That's awesome. Woohoo! Uh, we're going to so, pause um, for a second. Oh, okay, side note, um, Rob, at some point, would you please cross-play, or cosplay the character Nathan West from Space Above and Beyond? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> he said yes for all of those. Right, yeah. Doesn't he look home. like Nathan? Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> He's like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google, Google that. Yeah. Google that. All right, we're going to have the amazing Jim Sandoval come up. And he's going to talk. And he has an amazing Wonder Woman shirt on, which I totally appreciate. I actually, I, I have that same shirt at home. I should have worn it. I didn't get the memo. We could have matched, too. That's okay. Uh, tell us all about how, how is RPGs going this con? Well, um, I had a few technical snafus early on. Uh, the spreadsheet that I make to create the sign-up sheets for some reason developed a flaw that I didn't catch, which made all the sheets for Friday. So uh, not wanting to basically make everybody run their games on Friday, we had to go over them. <laughs> I, had to look, I had to look the con book up in my phone, and basically I would read the list of names of everybody in a time slot, and the kids that work for me would separate them out. Uh, and we got it done pretty, on the PDQ, and we're only maybe about five minutes late putting out the binders. So uh, once again, kudos to my volunteers. They're freaking fantastic. Um, <laughs> And, and really put that together at the last second. Um, we lost a room. We lost a little bit of space uh, because we had well, we were setting up Artemis. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody's already uh, had the pleasure of uh, playing that game. Uh, it is super fun, uh, and we the convention actually purchased that equipment, uh, and so it is here permanently. We actually own everything that we need to, to run it. So, so it's super fun. So check that out if you're over here. Um, Everything's been running very smoothly from what I hear from my HQ. We haven't had a lot of games uh, fail, uh, at least in the first couple of days, um, which I was kind of concerned going into this convention because usually I run about between 104 to 115 uh, games every convention, and I only had 90 uh, this con, uh, not including, you know, uh, games on demand and the stuff and sort of the pickup games that happen actually more and more often now uh, nowadays than uh, they d- ever have historically. Um, so, you know, I was actually really concerned with this being a very slow con and not having enough, uh, you know, bang for your guys' buck. So I just wanted to hear from you guys and, and say, you know, have you been having an enjoyable con? Has there been a, a thick enough book of interesting things to do? Uh, and let me know if... Uh, we need to do something to step up uh, some volunteers to come over here and run more games and, and do more stuff. So it's, if I have to put the word out, I have to put the word out. And I, I want to know about that. So, are you? Great. I'm so very, very glad that you are. I, I'm having fantastic con myself. Um, so uh, I actually play, played a role-playing game <laughs> this weekend. Uh, and it actually took me coercing tomes into running a special session of Ten Candles for my wife, myself, and a couple other players that have been wanting to play that game. And uh, I, I, I can't believe how incredibly wowed I am, not only by the, the subtlety of that game, but uh, also Tome's expert uh, manipulation of the mechanic and the, the very unique role of a GM in that game. He's very comforting, isn't he? 
Yeah. When he's leading you to doom. No, it's, uh, it's kind of, it, it's sort of uh, this, this um, he had a real great way of making sure that even if you failed, you got something, or there was cost for success, and there wasn't always failure. And the way that he did it really gave you this glimmer of hope in a completely hopeless situation, which proved to be a great character motivation to continue because my, the, big, the big problem I had going into that game was my preconception that if you already know you're doomed, what's the point? What really would really make you motivate you to continue telling that story and to uh, sort of fly in a make interesting ways for you to fly into your own death? Um, but I think that the element that I really wasn't counting on were uh, elements that were tension building elements, but the fact that the narrator actually took turns at the table to basically interact in every single mechanic that the players also had. So the, the, the narrator or storyteller or whatever they're, they're called in that system actually was an active, felt like more like an active player than somebody that was really running a game. And, and it made it much more intimate and, and, and allowed him to manipulate uh, the situations by being able to actually participate in the this is true part of the game where you actually get to announce something that is absolutely true in the story. Um, you know, and it made me want to play with him. So I would throw things into the story to give him stuff to do with because we had a situation where we had to put in a code and four of us had part of the code. And I go, no, 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 no. What is true is this is the way it works. There, one of us actually has the right code, but you have to enter all four codes. So none of us know who actually has the right code, so we make sure everybody's alive. Mm. <laughs> and, and Tomes used that at the end in the climax fantastically uh, when uh, the, the woman who was uh, playing uh, the son of the CEO that owned this bunker uh, had had a flashback session where she actually falsified all the code, so her was the master code, mm-hmm. and uh, she basically used it and feeling all smug because she was getting into the final vault, and the final vault was filled with the monsters that were killing everybody, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's the way she went. So it made for a really cool scene at the end, and when it's a when the role playing game is sort of a conversation, it's just a really fantastic experience, and I had a, a, just a brilliant time like every single time. I have whenever you run a game and if you could be my personal GM I would hire you in a minute um, and uh, that was my role playing experience this time around and by the way I really really enjoy when I have a fully developed character and I have to force myself to wrap myself around it Interesting. Okay. I, I have yeah. to accept a new truth every single time I yeah. pick up a character that is fully made for me yeah. Okay. Because I have to think differently, and I actually have to be a different person. Uh huh. And that's one of the kicks that I get out of role playing. Okay. Oh, cool. I take that. Nice. Good point. I I wanted to say uh, surprise. I have an opinion about something. What? Um, <laughs> what? Uh, no. I, I I like what you were saying about like feeling like the GM is like a player at the table, and and it's one of the reasons I've been on this soapbox the last few months, especially. I of, hadn't noticed. Uh, no. No. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, instead of saying the GM and the players, I try to always say the GM and the PCs because I feel like, it, like the GM should be a player too. And this is one of the reasons I, like, I'm on the PBTA bandwagon is because when I'm playing PBTA games, I feel like 
I'm a player, even if, like even if I'm running, I feel as engaged and surprised by the story as the PCs do, and you know, and I I feel like uh, you know that whole setting up that that difference of there's the GM and the players it puts you at that adversarial state where it's like oh the GM isn't playing the GM is working it's a reward yeah. for the release of control yes exactly yes it's a reward so, for the release of control wait 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 people can't hear you oh. so what did Back you just say mic, a second yeah. ago it's a reward for a release of control yeah. because as a GM when you go into a lot of these narrative based systems you you by default lose a lot of control mm-hmm. over a lot of elements of the game yeah. and you know there has to be something in it for the GM to want to release that control and when you have games that actually develop that conversational uh, a, a participational uh, portion to a GM it totally changes the game and it's a reward for that mm-hmm. yeah. so I have two things for that one i abjectly 1000 percent agree with this premise and that is why when i refer to the players at the table i'm including the gm yeah because the gm is a player too Uh and for those of you out there who might be listening to this who don't know it you're wrong (laughs) okay um i'm gonna stand by you with you i'm gonna stand by you on that yes there are some things that are wrong you're wrong and the other thing is control is an illusion that is false. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I now know why I really like uh, PBTA games, because I'm always out of control. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about the control thing in games. It's completely out of control. I don't believe you. Yeah. I, I'm pretty good at controlling crazy shit. Yeah. But it's because I'm used to running, you know, 38 fourth graders around. So right. even six adults at a table, fuck that, I can do that. <laughs> Or just, you know, working with us. That. That. 100%. Awesome. All right. Continuing on. So we're at Saturday afternoon. Jib, do the thing. Uh, so I ran an urban fantasy game in Fate Core. Uh, if the Dresden Files and the Magicians had an illicit love child, it would be this game? It would be illicit. It, it would. Um, <laughs> And this is the third game in a set that was supposed to be one game. Mm-hmm. Just that people seem to have enjoyed it, so I've, I've done it again. Um, and in this one, um, the characters are college-age folks who have discovered a year and a half ago or so that they have magical abilities. And they're learning to use them. And... Um, a friend of theirs disappears and they discover that their person, ha- their friend has been subverted by the spirit of um, a, an ancient Borgia uh, wizard necromancer who is trying to gain power in the 21st century. So nice. um, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. Awesome. Great uh, players. Only had two players, but it was, it was a great group. They, they really dove into it and, and grabbed hold of their characters. Absolutely, and that sometimes can be the best group. Yeah. Like a small group that really just like grabs on and, and dives in. Awesome, very cool. Um, oh, did, Jason, you ran again, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. I ran another Demigods this afternoon. <gasps> this is my surprise face. Yep. <laughs> I don't look surprised for those of you I, listening at home. No, for, for what it's worth, I actually, uh, it's, it's weird for me to say this out loud, I like the game that I made. What? I think it's good. 
That being said, uh, I'm going to run it again at Gen Con this year, and then I don't think I'm going to run it at cons again. Yeah. Uh, because I, if I keep running it, I don't know if I'm going to keep liking the thing yeah. that I made. Um, I, I just like I like all, so many other types of games too, and I think it's ho- well. Hopefully, this summer, demigods will just be out in the world, and people can play it and see what they think of it and do whatever they want with it. But um, yeah, the afternoon game today was um, was particularly fun. It, it was it was the the perfect number of players, the four player four group. Four players. Four it shall be. It shall be four. <laughs> um, four is the number of the players. The number of the players shall be four. Yes. Correct. Um, and I assume that's why it went very well. And not because I had exceptional players. No, no. Uh, like, like, you definitely like who? did not have exceptional players. Oh, oh. Uh, three of whom are here, actually. <laughs> ah. Uh, but um, we had another rock band. That was the premise this weekend, was uh, Demigod Rock Band. And the um, band was a very sedate four string quartet. LAUGHTER uh, that's not true at all. That's not what we played. Oh, God. Uh, have I misremembered yeah. something? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think you got it right. No. Um, so, oh God, the mischievous looks in both Adam and Tappy's faces. We, oh God. Uh, for those not in the know, Adam and Tappy were two of the band members. Nice. As well as the aforementioned Rob. Yes. Um, yeah. Hashtag jellyfish. So we had a... <laughs> We had a post anti reformation um, no, punk. What, what was it, Rob? Post. Uh, uh, I feel like you should just come up here because we can't hear you. Post retro anti punk. No, really. Post retro anti punk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of punk rock revival. Um, th- this was this was a blast to run. I think we we had a lot of fun. Um, but I'll, I'll let Rob take it away. Sure. Uh, so I think I'm actually probably like the most experienced playtester for demigods at this point who doesn't know you like super personally, right? Yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah, because yeah, I played it twice. I played it in February. Uh, and for some reason, he came back for more. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was something else, so I just, I just yeah. dropped in. Uh, There's a support group for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was excellent. It was excellent because I actually did see like a couple of changes in the, in the playbooks between the two playtests and uh today the session was awesome we uh we didn't really fight at all which i love in a pbta game where you don't get to fight or you don't have to fight uh it was awesome um and uh most of our session really revolved around uh a player character who had sex with the internet yeah, yeah. like all and, of the and internet the, and a crazy party this yeah. is my surprise face with Adam and Tappy playing. And, and it's, it's actually, I wasn't the one who had sex with the internet. And I wasn't either. No. no. Yeah. And I wasn't either. Yeah. It, it, was, it was the other guy. It was the, the other guy. guy. who had sex with the internet. Yeah, the guy who's not here, unfortunately. Now my face actually does look surprised. <laughs> but don't uh, worry, my character had sex. So, yeah. With my character. With Rob's character. Yeah. 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 It was great. It was great. I, I don't think it was as good for you as it and, was for um, me. But. This, this may come as a shock. Tappy's character got like wound up in a mosh pit yeah. and in a fight. Yeah, it was but awesome. didn't have sex with anybody. Did no, not. no I, had, I, I was not in a fight with my best friend. My best friend and I got into a fight with some big dudes. Yeah. 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 Although he had, had sex with the best friend oh, yeah. before the show started, yeah. before the scene started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. Backstory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, the band was called oh, Jellyfish. Think, oh, it's, and <laughs> fans of the band are known as Jelly Fist. Yes. And yeah. it'll live in infamy. Infamy. Yeah. You know, yeah. to well, each no, their own. The, it's an inside joke yeah. amongst all of the millions of fans of yeah. Jellyfish. Yeah, well, the Jelly Fist. Jelly Fist happened when the fight I got into was uh, uh, broadcasted. And so then, then they became Jelly Fisters. Yeah, so um, it wasn't about a sexual reference, so get your mind out of the gutter, Kimmy. It was actually quite tame. Yeah, what did you think it meant? Yeah, what, you want to talk about that, Kimmy? What if it's you made of jelly, we it's probably about? fine. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not talking about that. Go. This is not a fist. <laughs> that is true. You can take the mic back. Uh, <laughs> did you guys I think feel like you had a chance to flesh out the characters versus the, with the playbooks you were handed were you able to flesh out characters that you enjoy playing I thought it was interesting because I sort of I played the celestial uh, playbook which is sort of prophecy and a hunter type character and it kind of lends itself to a kind of a ranger type in some ways depending on how you build it out and that's kind of how i built it and then i used none of that <laughs> i used i used a couple of the uh couple of the prophecy type roles but it was great because it just you know just farmed some lumber for us to make mm-hmm. some incredible stuff out of mm-hmm. it was really great yeah i played the uh the arcane mm-hmm. playbook um that was really interesting um uh, and immediately got in a fist fight yeah, i immediately got into a fist fight because because that's what it, well, I intentionally wanted to play this character not as a wizard, yeah. um, and so uh, and and it, it worked relatively well. Um, uh, my character was the drummer of the band, and uh, was uh, of the science pantheon with uh, quantum physics as uh, the parent. I feel like we should all say who our what our instruments were because I was all like right, a yeah. singer slash bass player, like a Kim Fields type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was the uh, the lead guitarist slash songwriter. You know, you know. But but one thing I want to bring up giving me that face, Kimmy. <laughs> like, why why are you acting like I'm predictable in my character choices? Also, he was like beautifully Asian ginger. And <laughs> there, there's actually two things that I that uh, I want to like eight. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually two things that I want to bring up about uh, something that it's Jason like did in me. designing this game which I think are really, really strong and like really added to both times that I've played this game, is number one, in just designing the hook of the game of being demigods, um, there's something really cool about how every one of the playbooks, I've never seen somebody in either game play them straightforward because they're gods. So like every god of death is also a god of love or a god of art or something. And so there's this, that cross-pollination between all those ideas that every single player has like has played with at the table when i'm when i've been in one of jason's games and that's really awesome and then also the uh the the uh tangles the threads the bonds between the different characters is much richer of a mechanic in this than it usually is in a pbta in a pbta game Mm -hmm. and that has added to the gameplay both times so good good on you for that thanks a lot thank you uh, I played the warrior, but uh, I played 
Sun Wukong, like the the Monkey King. And so he kind of had like, a, that's kind of what I was saying, like kind of a trickster element, but even though he was the warrior playbook and all of the playbooks allow that in both mechanical and sort of flavor wise ways, which was, which is really strong. Awesome. Yeah. That's one of uh, the cool things about kind of seeing the, the growth and the evolution of this game is playing a bunch of the different playbooks, but also seeing a bunch of other pl- people play them and, and no one's ever come up with the same concept twice. They've all been very unique things. Um, so in the afternoon today, uh, I ran my second game because I run games at, at cons, Tappy. Um, and I also ran Demigods. I was very flattered. What, you ran what game? A, a game called Demigods by this super cool dude who has amazing hair. Um, <laughs> and I was very flattered that Jason trusted me enough to let me run his game. So thank you for trusting me to do that. My pleasure. Yes. And I think it went pretty well. Um, I did not ha- go in with much of a story because one of my favorite parts, like you were saying a second ago, the tangles with each other are one of my favorite elements. Um, so I actually pulled the story as we went from the tangles that the people at the table created. So that was, that was super fun. Um, did anybody want to talk about it? Who was playing in it? Do it. Come up here. That wasn't actually a request. I'm telling you to do it. Control is not is it okay if in I, my head. <laughs> Control can, is not an illusion. It is not an illusion. <laughs> can I say a, a quick thing? Because maybe listeners don't know yes. what the fuck a tangle is. Oh, yes. Do the <laughs> thing. So a, a tangle is a, a, a piece of background. Everyone's got six questions on their character sheet. They don't have to fill them all in. But uh, there are things like uh, you've had an on-again, off-again relationship with blank. And you've got to fill that blank in with someone at the table. It could also be you've seen a dark future uh, for someone. And you know a secret that somebody would rather not everyone not know um things like that and so every playbook has six of those and it can um create some conflict or love triangles or anything right out of the gate which is kind of at least for me was a little bit fun (laughs) absolutely all right welcome back this is christopher gray you might remind remember me from call of cthulhu seventh edition (laughs) great american novel Role-playing game by um, I <laughs> had so much playing. It's so much fun playing with you, Kimmy. That was so much fun. We, um, I didn't know how, I mean, I guess I knew I was sort of a mythology nerd, but until today I didn't realize how much of a mythology nerd I actually am. Um, and I kind of had to stop myself a few times saying, no, no, this is the, this is the you know, uh, oh, wait, this isn't really entirely my game. I should probably let other people chime in. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I definitely enjoyed it. See, I played the uh, Celestial, but I went a little different direction, it sounds like, than Rob did. Yeah. Um, played a 16, 62-year-old uh, African-American uh, judge woman yeah. because I wanted to play basically the embodiment of, of Ma'at, which, of, of Egyptian mythology. And so that's what I think she would look like if she were human. And uh, I had a lot of fun. All I did was just keep my glasses on the edge of my nose, and I just judged everybody. <laughs> I spent the entire time just judging, you know. And, uh, and yeah, it was great. Thank you, Kimmy. Guilty. And we had, like, two other players in here. Okay. Uh, Benji again. I played the trickster. Go figure. Uh, I had a blast with this. Uh, I, okay, number one, showing up in the game, talking and tapping and realizing... Jason isn't Kimmy. I'm sorry, I'm the wrong demigods game. <laughs> Next door, right? Okay. So I go over there. Um, Jib has been after me for a while. Has been subtly, as subtle as he gets like with Savage Worlds, to say, you should try a Powered by the Apocalypse game. I'm going to say for the record, Jib was right. I won't say that much, but wait, I'll wait, say Wait, was that? 
<laughs> you were right. Does that feel real good, Jib? <laughs> I feel dirty now. Uh, the other thing that really stood out is how well this... Uh, Kimmy ran a great uh, game, but this is my first experience with it. And Jason, for the record, take my fucking money. I want to... I've got to have this game. It was fantastic. Uh, pretty much, you sold, that game has sold me on getting more games by Power by the Apocalypse. So it was, my, it was pretty much my first encounter with the game. Yeah. I read the rules, but I really didn't put it all together. Really, in Grok, I'm like, oh, just too many mechanics. Playing the game now, okay, I totally buy in. So I'm I'm all over it. So uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Kimmy. All right, Jib, you're right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That means a lot to me. Um, also, I just want to add real quick. Uh, we're going to have hopefully public playtest materials out in June. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, demigodsppta.com is where you can sign up for my newsletter, Tappy. And uh, that's, that's where I'm going to... I'm sorry, gonna... I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, Something de- about a newsletter. Demigodsppta.com is the only thing you could do at that website is sign up for my newsletter. <laughs> and um, if, if you're interested, that's the place to go. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Well, we are actually out of time. We need to go because this con is bumping and they need this room. So thank you guys for all for coming tonight. Um, thank you guys listening at home. We hope you enjoy it. And yeah, we are not going to leave you with a song, but we're going to the bar. So my name is Kimmy. This is Jib. I'm Jason. This is Tappy. And I'm Adam. And this is our live studio audience. Thank you guys. Bye.